Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Your Retirement Elevated, another edition of the show coming at you right now. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Dugan. He's the co-founder and managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group in Kansas City, but serving clients all across the country. So if you're not in the local Kansas City area, don't worry about it. You're still part of the crew, and we're glad to have you here listening to the program today. You can find us online and listen to past episodes of the podcast on listentoscott.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn, and soon, soon, Scott, soon to be Spotify as well. In fact, we should get the approval notification on Spotify any moment now. So probably by the next podcast, you'll be able to listen on Spotify also. So that's kind of a small thing to celebrate. Have you ever done Spotify, Scott? Is that You know, I'm still ancient. I do Pandora. Okay. Yeah. See, I still uh, like Pandora a lot. I do too. But, yeah. yeah. But I feel like I'm ascending. I've really become somebody now that I'm on Spotify. There you go. Exactly. I feel like Steve Martin when the phone books arrived in the jerk. (laughs) We've gone to a whole new level here. And Spotify is the next frontier for the Mm -hmm. podcast. Absolutely. Well, we've got a good show on the way for you today. And Scott, it's a controversial one. Anytime you bring up the A word, I think it's like gasps throughout the room where you hear that dun, dun, dun sounder come through. We're talking about annuities, of course, the good, the bad, and the fine print. Why is this such a lightning rod of a topic, and why do you choose to you know, focus on it from time to time in the articles you write and here on the podcast today? We'll tell you how this came about. We do a lot of work with a local estate planning attorney, and they bring me in to you know, educate their clients about different topics. So for an example, I've done tax classes. I'm getting ready to do the ABCs of IRA RMDs, a lot of acronyms for you. And the biggest one that they had questions on from their clients, they've got about 2,000 clients, was annuities. And so I put together this information, and I titled Annuities, the Good, the Bad, and the Fine Print. And it all started uh, when I was putting this event together as I just Googled annuities. And when I did that, there were 33,900,000 results in 0.40 seconds. Just, uh, you know, pretty decent. I mean, not too shabby of a response time there. Yeah. <laughs> and so my question to people is like, well, do you have a process to filter through these? And how do you know, you know, in today's world, is this information unbiased? You know, what's the situation? And, and something interesting popped up when I did that search about the third, it was an ad that was in there, was something called Beware of Annuities, Tips to Avoid Buyer's Remorse. And it's like, wow, if you've got an annuity, you're like, what have I done? If you're considering one, you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to read this. But then we got to dig. We've got to dig to see, well, what is behind this ad? Because that's a pretty compelling ad. Mm -hmm. And I clicked on it. And what popped up is something that says, I hate annuities and you should too by Ken Fisher, CEO of Fisher Investments. Now, Ken is offering a free seven-page annuity insight booklet, which leads you to being able to talk to one of his advisors. And they want you to call him. If you have an annuity, they want you to call so they can talk to you how to get it out of it. If you're considering one, they want to talk you out of that. And what's the rationale? Well, Ken Fisher has an army of advisors that market Ken Fisher's investment portfolios. 
And in their world, nothing else but their portfolios makes sense for your money. That's why they don't want you to put any money in anything else besides what they have. So I thought it's interesting. And so if you think about marketing, what Ken has done is said, hey, you know, there's $150 billion that go into annuities on an annual basis, if not more. So he is merely doing something called he's entering the conversation in your mind. He's entering into a market that's very prominent and popular. And he's very controversial about it. And he's very adamant that you should never do these things. But if you read a little bit deeper, what you find out is that he really doesn't like a certain type of annuity, which is something called a variable annuity. And we'll talk a little more about the different types here a little bit later. But that's the gist of it. So he's saying, I'm going to market all these people, and I'm going to get enough of these people to listen to him and his advisors, and they're going to change their mind. They're going to bail out or never get into one and put their money with Ken because Ken will now make a fee on your money forever. And that doesn't make him bad. I'm not disparaging him at all. It's just he's a really good marketer, (laughs) and that's what he's entered into. But it also, I think it's disingenuous to say that is an annuity not right for every person on the planet? Well, 150 to 200 billion dollars per year go into those products. A lot of major corporations have offloaded their pensions to insurance companies, which offer annuities. If you win the lottery and take payments, it's an annuity. And so I just think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. And I'll tell you, Walter, if you put 10 annuity contracts on my conference room table, I'm not going to like eight of them. Hmm. Okay. But I'm going to do the same thing with a mutual fund or portfolio or life insurance, you name it. There's going to be a handful of things that rise to the top. It's okay yeah. to be picky about these things. It is necessary to be picky. It's crucial to be picky. Okay. Before you go further down the road of annuities in particular, I just want to bring up because this is similar to what we talked about on the second podcast. And if you haven't heard the second podcast that Scott and I did, the headline is something along the lines of misleading money headlines that drive us crazy. We talk about a lot of examples of where we see that in the financial world. So if, you know, the Ken Fisher thing that you're talking about, Scott, if that, you know, sounds interesting to you to hear more about, go check out the second podcast on listentoscott.com or on the app that you're using to listen to the show today, because I think you'll find that podcast helpful. Um, So the misinformation obviously is there, Scott, with annuities Mm -hmm. in particular, but I know that this gave rise to you kind of investigating this from that standpoint of, okay, the bad that they're talking about, the good that you have seen, Mm -hmm. but also the fine print of the in-between. So what else do Mm -hmm. we need to know about? Well, I think it's important to kind of give you a framework, because what I think is missing in today's world is not more information or access to information. We've got a lock on that. You know, Google 33 million results when we type in annuities. I think what's missing is a proven process to filter out the myths, the misconceptions, the misinformation that's being perpetrated out there and getting down to the factual, logical piece of information that you need to make better decisions about your hard-earned dollars. I think that's what's missing. And having a framework of what are certain investment products, what are certain insurance products. So I call it annuities 101. So I always like to give people just a brief overview of what they are, what the purpose is, what they aren't, what to look for and what to look out for, I think is prudent in today's podcast. All right. Makes sense. Let's go down that road. Well, I'll give you a little annuity history. Okay. The first annuities harken back to ancient Rome. 
And so they basically provided lifetime income to soldiers and their families for military service. And so that's the first one. So we're talking BC. This isn't point. exactly a new concept. No, it's not fresh off the factory floor. <laughs> this has been around for a while. First nudity in the U.S., 1759. A group of church pastors in Pennsylvania were offered a lifetime retirement payment plan through their organization. So 1759 is the first one in the United States. So they've been around a long time. And so we always want to remember, what is an annuity? Really, it's a contract agreement between you and an insurance company for a certain set of guarantees or possibilities with your money. And they really boil down to two things. Annuities are designed to either pay you income now or pay you income later. And so they're broken into two types called immediate and deferred. Immediate is now. Deferred is later. <laughs> Those are the two things. So that's what annuities were originally designed to do, and they still do that today. And so when we look at those, you know, do we want money now or money later? Then we talk about what are the four basic types. And in our classes that we teach, we break this down to a little chart, and it shows the different types. Basically, the first type is something called an immediate annuity. And as the name says, you give an insurance company money, they're going to start giving you payments back immediately. Those are going to be locked in, and it's an irrevocable contract for the most part. So you put your money in. You don't own the lump sum, but you own the payment for as long as you live. Now, this is where some of the misinformation comes into play because you may have heard this, Walter, and I know a lot of people listening to the podcast have heard it. They said, well, if I give my money to an insurance company and I die early, the insurance company keeps – all my money. Yeah. You ever heard that before? That's quite the bet. I give them a million dollars for payments and then I, you know, keel over a week later and I lose all that money. Absolutely. And so it's in the subconscious of most people. Mm -hmm. They've heard that story. The thing is less than 2% of all annuities, last I checked, were actually immediate annuities that were annuitized. And so it's very rare that that situation would come into play. And most of the time when you're doing that, you're going to have some sort of guaranteed period of time where that insurance company is going to pay not only to you or to one of your beneficiaries. So for an example, if you did a an annuity for life plus 20-year period certain, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. It means, Walter, if you live for 40 years, that insurance company is going to pay you for 40 years. But if you pass away after five years and it's a 20-year period certain, they're going to pay your beneficiaries for the remaining 15. Okay. So for certain, you're going to at least be paid for the 20. For, in that for certain, okay. yes. And you have discretion on how to choose those. So the only way that you give an insurance company money, you pass away prematurely and they keep the money, is if you did a life-only annuity, and that's pretty darn rare. I personally, in almost 20 years of being in this business, have never done that for a client. Okay. So that tells you how often it happens, okay. at least in my world. So this big argument, this big strike, as an example, against an annuity is a big strike, but is applicable in such few examples. It's very unlikely to ever enter your scenario. And if you have a good person giving you advice and guidance, you would be well aware of that particular issue heading into it, right? You definitely should be. Okay. I'll tell you, so here's the downside. The upside is you're never going to outlive the money. The downside is you're committing your money for a pretty long period of time. I would be reluctant to advise someone to do that in this interest rate environment, meaning 
low interest rates, yeah, they're coming up, but I don't know if I would say, let's plan on the next 30 years of low interest rates. I think we're probably going to see higher interest rates over time. So I don't know if it would be a good time personally to do that for somebody on an immediate annuity. So I would look a, at other options. It's a little different than locking your money away in a CD for a year, right? <laughs> a yeah. yeah little, scale. little different commitment there. A little different commitment. And so that's the first time is the immediate. The next is called a fixed annuity. The fixed annuity is a very, I call it a vanilla product. It's a term, meaning it's a time frame with a guaranteed rate of return for that time frame. So just like if you go to a bank, like you mentioned, a CD, a CD says, hey, the bank will take your money. They'll take your one, three, five years. And depending on the commitment you make, the interest rates will vary on that. Well, it's the same thing with a fixed annuity. Those interest rates, the, usually the longer the term, the better the rate. Not always applicable, but that's generally how it works. And so really it's your earning interest rate, the difference between, you know, on a fixed annuity, that money interest is going to grow tax deferred, meaning you're not going to pay taxes on that interest until you reach in and take money out of it. Whereas in a CD, if it's after tax dollars, every year you're going to get a 1099 for that interest. So a lot of you, if you had a CD, you make a little bit of interest, it shows up on your tax return, you got to pay that toll and then keep on going. And so I see this for people using them for money that's just sitting on the sidelines that they don't necessarily need it immediately. And they want a little bit of tax deferral and maybe they want a little better interest rate. So that's where a fixed annuity would come into play. And just like a CD will have a penalty for early withdrawal, a fixed annuity will also have a penalty for early withdrawal. So very, very similar in that respect. Okay. So some of the good and the bad there. So we've got yeah. immediate fixed. What's next? The next one's called a variable annuity. And you know, Ken Fisher does not like variable annuities. Mm-hmm. And I tend to actually, hard to say, but I agree with Ken in a lot of respects that variable annuities can be, in certain circumstances, more expensive than a lot of products that are out there. So the fees are a little bit high. Uh, I've seen on the low end, you know, 2% fees on the high end, one of the most popular one right now. If you load it up with all the bells and whistles, it's a little over 6% in internal fees per year, which is decent amount. Yeah. <laughs> That's a decent amount. Yeah. And so all these are insurance products and insurance companies are competing just like banks are competing, just like Wall Street's competing for your retirement savings. They want to be the choice that you make to place your money with them. And so the variable annuity was the insurance world's basically product creation to say, hey, what if we gave you exposure to the upside of the stock market with some sort of guarantee? Meaning if you put in $500,000 and the market drops to $400,000 and you pass away, your beneficiaries get $500,000 back. Okay. You know, so that's usually called a death benefit guarantee. Now there's limitations or strings attached to that. I don't have time to go into all those things today, but the issue with what I see today is, especially with variable annuities, it's, you can get the upside of the market. Your beneficiaries can get the lump sum. If you pass away, you get a lifetime income, you get all these different things. It'll do all these things, which is technically accurate there's just a cost to having all these bells and whistles attached to that annuity. And that's where the costs really go up. So per example, I've got a client, the previous advisor talked to the client said, Hey, you've got this lump sum pension. You don't need the income. Let's roll this into a variable annuity. 
and we'll attach this rider. So in case something happens to you, your wife will be able to turn this into an income stream she cannot live. Plus, you can get the upside of the market. So if we say all those things, that sounds pretty good, you know, on the surface. But we go through a process, I call it, let's call the company, where we call the annuity company. And I have a series of questions that I outline. So I called with the client. I said, hey, I've just got a few questions, checked on fees, you know, what's the life insurance cost, what's the investment cost, what's the writer cost, and it came up to just a hair under 4%. And this is a $500,000 account. That's $20,000 per year in fees. Mm. And it said, tell me, how does this writer work, this guaranteed income writer work? I said, well, that's very simple. You know, the owner of the account, if they choose to activate income, will pay an income stream as long as they are they live. So well, what about their spouse? Well, no, it doesn't apply to them. It only applies to the account owner. I said, so we're paying a little over 1% per year, over $5,000 per year to have this guarantee that only works if it's on the owner, which is the gentleman, the husband. So if he passes away, the wife does not get that. So as an example of maybe a product that didn't quite fit and it was presented and they didn't actually get the right type of rider on there that would guarantee her an income stream. And so there's an example of we did the analysis and we found alternatives where it could go and not pay any taxes on it, but set it up to where there actually was an income benefit in case something happened to him. So again, it's, you've got to be very diligent when you're looking at these types of products and you got to make sure you understand all the contractual details because the devil's always in the details. There's always strings attached to all the decisions you make to do that. So that's the bottom line here is it's not that these particular annuities, variable ones are inherently bad. No financial product is inherently good or bad. They're just tools, but some tools are a better fit than others. And for many people who are approaching retirement, it sounds like the variable annuity is just not a great fit unless there's a particular set of circumstances. Absolutely. And when I speak at educational events and deal with anyone, I said, here's the magic question you want to ask anybody that's given you a recommendation. Ask them this. What process did you use to come up with this recommendation? And to make sure this was in my best interest, because I did some research on this situation we just talked about and that current broker or previous broker, they could only offer so many products through a very limited number of companies. So they did not have the universe of options. They could only choose. So if they opened up their toolbox, they only had a limited amount of tools they could offer. And so I think most people would agree they deserve to have the universe of options available to them and they need to have someone that will evaluate their situation and narrow down the decision process and the amount of possibilities down to a handful of items that are truly appropriate for the client and then help them go through the process to eliminate to get down to the one that's the best fit you know for them so that's a lot of the things that we do is we've done this hundreds of times, whether it's an annuity or, you know, a mutual fund or a portfolio or a life insurance, you name it. We've got a very structured process. We walk people through to give them the highest probability of success. You know, that's what we're after. You know, we're trying to give us the highest probability of success, you know, with the plan we put together. 
And so looking at that to kind of round it out, we talked about immediate annuity. We talked about the fixed. We talked about the variable. And the last one we're going to talk about is called the index annuity. And the index annuity, again, these are all insurance products, but it's the insurance company said, hey, you know, we need some sort of product that's an in-between between the fix and the variable. We need to potentially give someone the upside that's better than fixed interest, but we're never going to try to beat the market or anything like that. And that's where the index annuity came about. And it really starts with a foundational piece that says, we're going to have some underlying guarantee on the money, meaning if the market goes down, then your principal is protected. But in exchange for that, if the market goes up, you're going to get a part of that upside, not all of it. So it's a give and take. If you want protection on the downside, you're not going to get all of the upside. And so those tend to be lower cost, you know, lower fees, and tend to fit more of a conservative investor. Where I see those fit in a lot of plans, especially right now with a kind of a strange interest rate situation, is more of a bond replacement option. So using that indexed annuity as a bond replacement and really offloading that interest rate risk to the insurance company, not buying you know individual bonds or bond funds. So that's where I see that tends to work out. If somebody is very adamant about having a guaranteed income source, then we can attach a rider onto those annuities that guarantee a certain amount of income as long as someone lives. And in today's world, they even have some that have guaranteed death benefits, meaning no matter what the market does, they'll get some sort of benefit for their beneficiaries over time. So again, none of these things are perfect, just like no investment is perfect. And there's a lot of choices. You've got the banks, you've got insurance companies, and you've got Wall Street. Those are your three big categories of choices. And I'll tell you, most people are always going to have a relationship with their bank. And they may have savings, checking, maybe a few CDs. You're probably going to have money in the stock market, you know, over time. And some of you may choose to have money with insurance companies via annuities. It's not my job to tell you what you should do. Our job is to help you understand how you feel about money, what's important to you, what your priorities are. And that narrows down what you should consider. And, you know, I've got clients that have no annuities in their portfolio and they're all equities and cash. And I've got some people that have substantial amounts in annuities, but we custom tailored that plan for them and their situation. It was not a Play-Doh fun factory. We didn't crank that thing out. You know, we painstakingly put that thing together. So, so those are the things you want to look at, you know, when you're looking at annuities and again, it's always about the contractual details and making sure that it's a level playing field and the terms and the benefits are good for the client. That's what we really need to focus on. And you need to have a process to filter out all those details out to make sure you're making a good decision. One last question for you, Scott. Thanks for covering all the, you know, the good, bad, the ugly, and the fine print of annuities for us on the show today. But if I'm listening, one thing that might be helpful would be, is it a personality type that gets funneled into an annuity or no annuity for my portfolio? I mean, when you say it's customized and it's based on each person's situation, is it, I don't mind risk, I love risk, so we're going to be more in the market and less in annuities? Is it more emotionally tailored that way, or is it purely about the dollars and cents of it? It's an art and a science. Okay. And so my job is to go through 
and it's the same with the advisors that we have here in the firm. It's our job to walk you through what all the options are that are available to you. And people are going to gravitate towards one side or the other. So here's an example to put this into context. If we go through, we call the retirement income planning process. And Walter, that's figuring out what guaranteed income sources you've got coming in through social security or pension, what money you have going out through your expenses, comparing those two to find out, is there a gap? Right? So if you have less money coming in than going out, you have a gap. So you got to figure out how do you fill that gap? Are you going to work full-time, part-time? Do you have rental income coming in? Or are you going to look at your retirement savings and consume some of that money to fill the gap? So it's a math equation, you know, money in versus money out. Is there a gap? I really tell people, Hey, if there's a gap, you're going to fall into one of three categories and how to fill that gap. The first person, let's say you've got a $2,000 a month income gap that you're going to need for the rest of your retirement. Well, some of you want to have that guaranteed. You want to have that coming in like clockwork. You don't want that to be affected by the market. You're more conservative, right? And so you may want to look at an annuity for that situation. You may want to look at treasuries. You may want to look at CDs, but those are all time deposits that have some sort of guarantee to them. The second time a person is more market oriented, they can go with the flow, the ups and the downs of the market. And so if you're in that situation, guarantees aren't as important to you. You're more about opportunity and upside. And that's perfectly fine to build a plan around that. And a third type of family is kind of a hybrid of those two. So if you need a $2,000 a month in income, you know, as your income gap, you may want half of it guaranteed, half from the market, and be a good blend of those two. A good advisor will explain what all your options are. Plus, the most important thing is they'll help you discover what type of investor are you? What do you want to experience in retirement? Do you want to have things come in and be very steady and consistent? Or are you okay with more fluctuation? And so again, that's where it's the art and science of it. And again, it's to really drill down and say, if you do these things, here are the pluses and minuses of those decisions. And we want to make sure that we understand all those pluses and minuses and make a sound decision before we put our money into something. And what I find is people put their money in things, investments, and later when they find out more of the details or how things work really in the real world, then they have what we call buyers or more. So they're not as excited about that decision. So our process is let's get all those things out on the table now before you make any changes. And that just seems to make for a much smoother transition into retirement. And smooth helps keep things easy to understand and certainly is, I think, something we can strive for in our retirement planning. If you want to tap into that knowledge that Scott Dugan and the team at Elevated Retirement Group have amassed over years of experience in this world, helping people not just get to retirement, but as you can hear how we talk about it on the show, it's about getting through retirement as well. Scott's really put aside a great opportunity to come in, have a conversation about your financial plan, your situation. You can do that in person in Kansas City by calling 913 393-4724. 
That's 913-393-4724. Or if you're somewhere outside the area, anywhere across the country, in fact, Scott and his team can help you out. Find us online at listentoscott.com. You can listen to past episodes of the podcast there, and you can also take the opportunity to contact the team from the website there as well. Listentoscott.com, again, the place to go online. Well, Scott, thanks for sharing with us the good, the bad, and the fine print of annuities. I know we probably just scratched the surface of the fine print section (laughs) of the podcast, but you covered the high-level, I think, important things for us to know. And if anybody's further interested in the annuity fine print, I'm sure you're always happy to talk about that with somebody, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. Awesome. (laughs) Well, we appreciate you joining us on the podcast this week and covering a great topic, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Walter. That's Scott Dugan, co-founder and managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group. I'm Walter Shorehold. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time on Your Retirement Elevated. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.